Welcome back to the Daily Davis. Sorry, first off, to all of you that were early adopters in the first two episodes and have been waiting a week. It's not been daily. It's been barely weekly. I apologize. There was some situation with getting approved by iTunes and a couple other places where my blog or my podcast will appear. So I had to wait for those to catch up. Otherwise, things wouldn't sound timely. But um, you will be able to catch us on a Spotify channel and an iTunes channel. And again, this is Daily Davis, 15 minutes you can't get back. Some of you have clicked on links uh, from Facebook. Yes, now I can put this on Facebook. Um, Those of you are just going to start out with this. Just real quick, I do 15 minutes. I do political and social commentary. I don't waste too much of your time. And unlike two of the first episodes, I was going to get real, oh, I'm going to do a moral story at the end. I'm going to do one of the amendments. I'm not. I'm going to talk straight through. My wife joins me sometimes. Sometimes she does not. So let's get right to it because you want to listen to things you may not know about or have not thought about. And today we're going to talk about, for about 15 minutes, there are a lot of Democrats in the Democratic primary right now. There's a lot. And that's kind of redundant. A lot of Democrats in the Democratic primary. Although, real quick thought on that, and we'll we'll just go into Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders does not identify as a Democrat most of his career. He's independent, Democratic socialist or a socialist. And that was kind of the, the, the catch against Hillary, and we'll get into that in a minute, but Bernie decides when he wants to run, he's going to run on the Democratic ticket. He, didn't, he caucused with the Democrats, which means he essentially said, I hate the Republicans more. He, did, he was occasionally a thorn on the side of the Democratic you know, Party in the Senate, but usually voted on their, you know, with them. He never voted really with Republicans. So Bernie, when he wants to run uh, in 2016 for president, because he thinks, you know, socialism, it's, it's the time is ripe. He, uh, he says, oh, I'm going to be a Democrat now. I'm going to use all the Democrat resources. I'm going to be a part of the program. Look at me. I'm, I'm going to register. And, and for, for lifelong, very connected Democrats, that's kind of a slap, slap in the face because they know that people put in the time, put in the, you know, effort, they, they, they volunteer, they raise money, they toe the line, they say they, they take the good with the bad. And Bernie wasn't doing any of that. He wasn't raising money for him. He sure as heck wasn't taking the, the, the beating anytime they took a beating. He, dis- he disassociated himself whenever he had a chance. Uh, he definitely wasn't help putting together uh, the local parties and supporting them and, you know, showing up at their breakfast so they could, you know, earn another 50, 100 bucks to, to do what the local parties do to attract attention and, you know, get folks in. He jumps in. And so when I say Democrats in a Democratic primary, and it sounds kind of redundant and a little bit funny, but here lately, you've got one guy who specifically didn't call himself a Democrat until it was time to use their network. So, this year you have a ton of folks. Let's go way back to 1988 and the Wayback Time Machine, just so you know what's happening here. In 1988, you had five major candidates. Uh, You had Michael Dukakis, who came in first. Jesse Jackson came in second. He won 13 contests. But you didn't know that. Al Gore was third. He won seven contests. And Paul Simon, not the singer, uh, not the not the lesser half of Simon and Golf. I'm going to be. If you ever, side note, 
look into the Simon and Garfunkel thing. Simon, yes, we like Paul Simon. Garfunkel was the talent. He was the real deal. Simon was just kind of an egotistical, jealous guy. Look into it. You'll be a Garfunkel fan. And then, of course, last, Dick Gephardt in Missouri. He won three contests, but he got less delegates than Paul Simon from Illinois. Uh, I don't even know who Paul Simon is. I'm just going to be honest with that. So five, 1992, five of them again. Of course, Bill Clinton won uh, 37 contests. Jerry Brown in California, uh, recent past governor of, of California. And before that, and before that, he's a long political guy. He's like 600 years old. Uh, Paul Songus, Massachusetts. He was third. Tom Harkin and then Bob Carey. That, that rounded him out in 1992. Now, Clinton was president for eight years, so we'll skip to 2000. Uh, 2000, something different. You had two guys. Uh, you had Al Gore and Bill Bradley. And Al Gore pretty much won all 57 contests. And by the way, 57. So this is funny when I think it was Obama said, oh, you know, all 57 states, or, you know, and some of those 50. The reason you say 57 is because you have Democratic uh, votes in all of the territories and all that, that the number is 57. So there'll be 57 primaries. Uh, that the Democrats t- that pay attention to. So, yes, it's funny the president don't have any states, but essentially in his brain, he had to win 57, you know, you win 57 Democratic primaries. So that's all of our territories, Guam, and all those cool places that, you know, hopefully you get to visit one day. Okay, in second place was Bill Bradley. Ba- Bradley just, I mean, he just got beat. He just got beat by Al Gore, and we know Al Gore got beat. But that, you're seeing something in the Democratic Party. You're slimming down from five to two. Two people. You know, and there were some also runs there. Don't don't worry. Um, uh, Lyndon LaRouche ran as a Democrat, which is a funny thing. But that's not a serious deal. There, there always will be people who sign up that are not serious. Um, they're good for a little story every once in a while and kind of the time waster in between, you know, news segments. OK, 2008. I'll tell you, Barack Obama versus Hillary Clinton. Uh, Barack Obama wins. Um, Hillary Clinton only won 23, uh, 23 states or 23 contests. It's not states, it's contests. And Obama won 33. And then we get to the 2016 and uh, we had two, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Now, uh, Hillary Clinton improving dramatically, but uh, or not improving, excuse me, Can, she got less, she had, she had less of the popular vote in the de- Democratic primary than she did when she lost to Barack Obama. Interesting point there. Um, and she had more of the popular vote than Barack Obama, 48 to 47. Technically, Hillary Clinton keeps on losing the popular vote. Uh, Bernie Sanders, you know, she beats him 16 million to 13 million. So, you know, she had a handily, handily beat the popular vote. Now, they're, they keep on saying, oh, they stole it. They stole it. Well, what superdelegates did to Hillary Clinton um, on behalf of Barack Obama in the 08 election is essentially what she did in, a, in, in certain terms to Bernie Sanders. I mean, they have the superdelegates in, in the Democratic Party. And this all stems from late 1960, 68, where the Democrats were they were using this primary system. There's a lot of caucuses back then, and they were not, the party leadership was not getting the people they desired in. There were too many hippies and too many uh, out there uh, putting people up who couldn't win. So they decided to game their own primary system, which their primary system is not governed by 
Texas state law or wherever you live, the state law or the federal government, other than there's some fundraising issues, but they can structure the delegate votes any way they want. In fact, the, the states hold these things. They, they, they pay to have these elections in conjunction with other election days in the state. The state could refuse, any state could refuse uh, to hold primary elections or, or, or be the one who fund it, and they could do it themselves. Uh, each party, it's up to them for these primary elections. They, they could meet in a room with five guys and three monkeys and throw, toss rings at, at, at uh, little pegs with their faces, you know, the uh, candidate's face in front of it, and that's how they pick president. This idea that you have some right to vote, you have some, is one, you don't have a right to vote. You have a right of participation. Two, you definitely don't have a right to vote in a primary for your candidate unless they're having an election and they can't say you can't vote, but they could easily change it. And by the way, these superdelegates, they can really swing things. Now, they become very important uh, in this election because we have somewhere of 15... Uh, I, I, the numbers, I, some people say 12, some people say 15 legitimate uh, folks in the race right now that either have announced or have um, uh, put an exploratory committee. Exploratory committee is just saying, I'm going to do the financially responsible and legal thing to start thinking about running for president, which is invading people in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina's diners, drive-ins, and dives. Uh, which is kind of a funny thing because if you know anything about Iowa politics, it's it's the politicians go where Guy Fieri would go on TV. It's and you know they buy everybody free breakfast, and that's why it's like everybody in Iowa is constantly eating every year, every every three years or so. It's actually two years because the primaries just start essentially two years out, if not three. But those three states, they have the people right now that are are running fifteen or so. Some of them more serious than not. I would say 12, in my opinion, are serious. We get in that. But all of a sudden, you have this huge diversification in the primary world. And I, that primary world is going to slim to probably six or seven, I would say. I would say there's some well-funded folks out there. Now, uh, that's still bigger than what we saw in 1988. Uh, and, you know, even in 1988, we're going back that far after, you know, eight years of Reagan, uh, Dukakis is a serious candidate. Somehow Jesse Jackson was really serious. Al Gore, young guy, handsome guy here, looking good, uh, wants to run. And then you had Dick Gephardt and Paul Simon. And I, I always thought Dick Gephardt was a pretty good middle-of-the-road Democrat. I thought the party was there today. There'd be no Republican presidents. It'd be more, you know, since 2000. It would all have been Democrats uh, since then because he's, he's a moderate guy. He's a farmer Democrat. But... There was five back then. It, it wasn't much of a contest. I think it's going to be a big contest now. Now, the Democrats have solidified power, and they've realized that if you get too much choice out there, you have too much of a... Oh, they did at one time. Too much choice, too much entropy. They have five candidates. People vote for their candidate. Their candidate doesn't win. If their candidate doesn't become the vice presidential nominee... They may not show up. People have a bitterness. People have a real bitterness. When, when they vote for somebody and they don't make it out of the primary, the other, and, and this may not be you, but there are people out there who say, well, I'm not voting for the other Democrat. I mean, you know, they played dirty tricks. They, they showed pictures of, of, of my guy on a yacht with a, you know, uh, a stripper on his lap. And those of you are old will know what that's about. 
But that was a problem. You need that uniformity all the way through the primaries you need to be able to beat the Republicans. And the Republicans didn't necessarily have huge uh, primaries until recently. Uh, they were somewhat focused, and although they did have some heavy hitters. I mean, it was Bush, McCain, and we can do another show on that. But right now, the, part, the, the President Trump is going to be the nominee. The Democrats have decided that since they could not get Hillary in being the single choice and, and, and the anointed one, almost twice, that everybody's going to go for it. There was no guarantee. If, if there was no guarantee that she was going to, she almost didn't win that primary and she didn't win the presidency, that opened up for a lot of people who want to be president that are, that are on the left. And they said, hey, we think that the Democrat base is ready for choice. It's not going to paralyze them. And if I can get in by the skin of my teeth, I'll Get the party to coalesce with me after the primary. I'll bring in anybody as a happy family. I'll name all of those other 12 people as prospective cabinet members or my vice president, and I'll bring the party together. Now, I don't know if that's going to work or not, because there's not a big diversification of ideas with the Democrats right now. As you can see, it's take your Medicare or take, take well, Medicare for all, take your insurance away, make grandma compete with her grandson for medical medical care. Uh, they, they, they'd like to tax you more up and down the, up and down the tax bracket. Believe me, it's not just the rich. Uh, they'd like to take your guns away. They'd like to take your freedom to open and start businesses through regulation. There's a lot of things they want to take away. It's in, in there really is not a lot of diversification. It's, uh, or I'm not hearing about for example, a pro gun Democrat or a, a pro free market Democrat at this point that, that might be viable other than, you know, you do have the guy that uh, Schultz from the Starbucks world uh, threatening to be this kind of uh, Ross Perot thorn may run as an independent, has the money to run as an independent. Same thing with Bloomberg. They could really uh, guarantee uh, a Trump victory, but I want you to think about that. And that's, that, that's the main point of this entire, entire podcast today is, in 1988, you had five candidates, 92, five. And by the time you get to 2016, you've got two people to choose from. In 2020, you have 15. So think about what Democrats, they're, they've seen something with what happened with Trump, although their voters are different than Trump voters. And is it going to work? Ask your question, ask your friends, ask your colleagues. Is it going to work? Is having more choice going to be a more create a more powerful candidate for Democrats because you can't just run on the fact that you don't like Trump or Trump's a fool or Trump's a buffoon. You have to have a, a solution. You have to have something better. Whenever you tell somebody we're not going to Chili's, you got to tell them we're going to Friday's because they got to better that, that, that appetizer thing. All you can eat. You can't just say, I hate Chili's. You got to say, I love Friday's. So we'll see how that goes. I'm going to revisit this in less than a week. I can guarantee you. So this has been the daily Davis. You can email me daily Davis 77 at gmail.com. If you have an idea for the show, um, or this is going to be on my Facebook page of people personally known. You can just throw something in the comment section. So thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.